They were throwing around words. People were talking over each other or under or behind or whatever it was, but it didn't seem like people were having conversations and listening. And I said, we need to have conversations. We need to have conversations. And then finally I was like, wait a minute. If I want to have a conversation, I can have a conversation. I'm going to start a podcast. Hey, and welcome to Hey, I'm Listening. I'm your host, Dr. Joan, and we know what time it is. We are tapping into the memory of the African soul. It's been 462 years since our ancestors first experienced their enslavement, and we know what we have to do as a nation to build. So I have with me guests who are community builders, who are the truth sayers, who are the ones who hold our history. And I'm talking to them about their lives. I'm talking to them about the things that they want to build. And I'm so looking forward to speaking with my guests today. So I want to welcome Sedrula Maruska. She is an amazing woman who has a social justice, equity, inclusion, and diversity background. She's a consultant and coach. She's also the host of an award-winning podcast, Diversity Dish. She's a speaker and aspiring author. I am so happy that you are with me today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. It is so good to be here with you, Dr. Joan. I am always so interested in how people get started in their movements, you know, and you have Diversity Dish that you have put out there and you've gotten those awards for it being just a fabulous podcast. So how did you even get started with that? Wow. The podcast came along almost, I would say on a whim. It was 2020 and we were all home. Yes. Earlier in the year, that year, I'd started something on Instagram where I was doing Instagram lives and I was calling them Wednesday wind down. Yeah. And the point of the lives was to talk to women entrepreneurs. Mm. And it came along because I was having a conversation with my niece and she has a business and it was 2020. And I said, so how are you getting the word out about your business? She says, well, I haven't really been doing anything. I said, are you talking about it? She's like, no. I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get on an IG live and we're going to talk about your business. And so I did that for a few weeks. And then summer came and we wanted to get outside a little bit more. So I stopped doing the wind down. But then a friend of mine was starting her podcast and she asked if I wanted to be a launch partner. And I said, absolutely, I would love to help you launch your podcast. And so we did that. And a few weeks after she started her podcast, I said, I was thinking, I had been thinking for a long time that People were not having conversations. Mm. They were throwing around words. People were talking over each other or under or behind or whatever it was, but it didn't seem like people were having conversations and listening. And I said, we need to have conversations. We need to have conversations. And then finally I was like, wait a minute. If I want to have a conversation, I can have a conversation. I'm going to start a podcast. And it was only, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to release it on my birthday in 2020. Yes. But I didn't decide that until it was about four, maybe five weeks before my birthday when I decided to launch the podcast. Wow. And so, of course, I went back to my friend who had started her podcast and I asked her if she wanted to be my launch partner. She said yes. And then I asked her a few pointers about, you know, how to get started. 
And then I'd been on a podcast earlier in the year. I called that person because we'd become friends. And I said, what did you do? Help me out. She gave me a bunch of information. And then I went to the races. I called different people to be launch partners. I learned how to do the editing and mixing. And I was off to the races. Um, I launched my podcast on my birthday in 2020, which probably was the worst day to launch. It was a (laughs) Friday. (laughs) (laughs) But I was determined to launch it on my birthday. And I said, well, I don't care if it's a Friday. I'm going to launch it on my birthday anyway. And I launched it with several conversations around several different industries and several different topics. And we actually broke a hundred. We got to number 65 on the charts that weekend. Wow. That I launched. Yes. Which was amazing. amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. I did not expect to break a hundred. I was going to be happy if I broke 200. And so breaking a hundred was like so overwhelmingly wonderful, especially when you consider it was a Friday. Amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. So I see that you have some experience as a corporate trainer. And so as you were even thinking about all of these conversations that you were having, were you pulling all of that experience in so that that was somehow infused into the conversations? Yes. I told a friend, I said, I think that the podcast pulls together so many of my strengths in terms of being able to connect with people, in having conversations, in asking questions, in teaching and sharing what I know. Also in editing, it pulls my strength there because I'm detail-oriented. It pulls my strength there as I edit and as I create the graphics for the podcast episodes, the images. So it pulls together so many of my strengths that it's become like my baby. It's like that thing that I really wanted to, now I really wanted to pay me, but uh, but (laughs) even if it doesn't, it's still, I love it still so much. Right. Right. Oh, that's amazing. So when you think about the thing that you're most passionate about, is the podcast now the thing or are there extended things that the podcast connect to? I'm passionate about my podcast because I'm passionate about having the conversations that we're having and getting the information out that we're getting out, the stories that we're sharing, the experiences that we're sharing, the insights and the suggested, the suggestions that we're sharing. All those things really excite me. And I'm really passionate about that because, you know, my job, my work, what I do, what I'm super passionate about right now is ensuring that this world becomes more inclusive. And if that is where my passion lies, then that's where the conversations go. And it always lights me up when I hear something new, when I realize that there's always something new to learn, right? Mm -hmm. I learn from so many of my guests. I have learned something new because we all can't know everything. Absolutely. But it has taught me to stay and remain constantly open to the information that comes so that you can know and you can relate to people where they need to be related to, right? You treat people the way that they need to be treated. You know, we often throw around the golden rule to treat people like you want to be treated, but your reality may not be someone else's reality. So you really 
need to treat people the way they want to be treated, the way they need to be treated, what makes them comfortable in this world. And so the more you know about differences, the more you know about diversity, the more equitable you can be, the more inclusive you can be. In return, the more diversity you will attract, the more people will be attracted to you or to your organization because they know at least someone there is listening and cares about what my needs are and they will do what they can to help me succeed in what I need to do. It's so perfectly said, like we've all got so much trauma. Our traumas trigger us. And so someone could be intending one thing or intending another. And then because of the experience that we've had in our own lives, it becomes a difficulty. And it requires that all of us become sensitive enough to not offend one another. We as a people and as a nation, you know, I say nation, meaning across the globe, we as a people have had some experiences. Those experiences are no longer embedded in our enslavement, although that continues in, we can say in different ways, the the impact of it has kind of gone across the generations. And so what do people who hire us, what do they need to keep in mind as they think about diversity and inclusion? So that's a really good question. And what you said is so important. Can it even be that it is a one us? Right. No, it is not a one us. You know, the other day I was having a conversation with someone who is focused on working with employee resource groups, but she was also focused on helping immigrants integrate into companies. Mm. And it's, and I said to her, this is something that we don't really think about. Because what happens is people come from another country. Maybe they're here. They came here 24, 25 years old. They're fully ingrained in one culture. And then they come here and the culture is completely different because it's really, you know, you just out here on your own. Whereas in a different culture, it may not be that way, where it would be more as we're going to help you along. You know, there's a hierarchy of respect. So someone who is older gets more respect. And here it's like, you might be the 25 year old who needs to train someone who's older and you have a problem because you're feeling some kind of way about it. Yes. Here's here's a really good example. When I first started dating my husband, I went to meet his family. Now, his family is American, white American. And I met his parents and they said, oh, call by our first name. It's fine. Yeah. But my culture does not allow me to do that. And it was contentious for me. Because I knew that if I said Mr. or Mrs., I would be putting them off. Right. In their culture, I would be distancing myself. In my culture, it would be respect. For them, it would be call me by my first name. For me, that was ultimate disrespect. Yes. And so I spent, and I kid you not, uh, we dated for a year before we got engaged. I spent months, whenever I was speaking to his parents, I would forego addressing them. (laughs) I would forego addressing them. I would just catch their eye and and say what I was going to say, never trying to catch their attention. And when we got engaged, it was a load lifted off of me because now I could just say mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I felt so much better because it really was something that I was struggling with. And because I understood the two cultures and I understood how it would feel or sound to them if I went with the way that I was most comfortable, I had to walk that line, right? right? And it's so interesting that we don't always think about that. But because I'm bicultural, I tend to look at things and I try to think about those things a lot as to, oh, how is that person actually receiving that? Or how is that person actually processing that? Are they okay with that? That causing them some distress because I was distressed. (laughs) And I even talked to my parents about it. I was like, I don't know what to do. I can't. And it's like, you know, I'm an adult. I was a full grown, full blown 30 something year old adult. And I was still very much, I cannot do this. This just doesn't feel right to my soul. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is such a good example because you struggle with the respect. And in our culture, oftentimes we don't struggle with the respect. We want everybody else to respect us, but we don't see that it's it's kind of like this transference, this thing that needs to just go back and forth, right? So it says a lot about you that that was a struggle and for so long. 